You're welcome, and it's wonderful to be with you. And thank you for having the courage to travel into deep waters, naming and facing dementia together as part of your wider focus on lifting the lid on mental health. There'll be a whole range of experiences in church today. It may be you, it may be a member of your family, or a close friend or neighbour who's living with dementia. To disclose my own hand, there's um, a photo of my parents and children. My dad was diagnosed with dementia when he was 77. He died last year, but we've cared deeply, like any family, about keeping the connections as patterns change. And you can see that on... Um, page three of the little booklet you were given as um, you came into church. The material's in the booklet partly because you may find that you want to take the booklet away to have conversations about dementia with other people after this service. So what is dementia? It's an umbrella term and it covers a whole range of brain diseases there are more than a hundred different types of dementia. So Alzheimer's disease and vascular dementia are the most common, but there are many others too. Frontotemporal lobe dementia, dementia with Lewy's bodies. And they're all grouped together because they're all diseases of the brain. So the symptoms are because of changes to different parts of the brain. So memory loss is one of the symptoms, but there are others. So dementia may affect your ability to plan and organise, to know the sequence of things. It may impact on language, so you can't access a word you used to know. And it may impact on perception of objects. So something that you used to know was a rug on the floor now looks to you perhaps like a hole or like water. You can imagine if a, if a rug was, was black or blue, it might look like that. So your behaviour changes. If you think it's a hole in the floor, the last thing you're going to want to do is try to walk over it. And your behaviour and mood may change as well. So dementia starts to have a significant impact on life. So together today, we're going to understand a bit more about dementia as part of the National Dementia Friends Initiative, a social action movement, and we'll talk about that later on. But to cover some understanding and to understand more, we're going to look at some broken sentences together. And if you turn to pages four and five of your booklet you can see we're going to look at the start of the sentence on the left-hand side and see if we can complete the sentence from the right-hand page. So, let's try and do this together. First of all, dementia is not... Can you see how we complete that sentence? Any suggestions? A natural part of ageing, that's right. So not everyone who gets old will get dementia, and equally, not everyone who gets dementia is old. You may have heard of young-onset dementia. And then number two, dementia is caused by diseases of the brain, absolutely. So 
it physically damages the brain. Think of the brain as like a string of fairy lights, each light a different memory or skill or function. Dementia has the effect of causing those lights to flicker or to dim or to go out. And for each person, it's going to be different lights in a different order. So, and just as like other organs can be damaged, uh, you might have kidney or liver disease, so dementia is caused when disease physically damages the brain. Like for other diseases, a healthy lifestyle, regular exercise, balanced diet, no smoking, can help reduce your chance of developing dementia. What's good for the heart is also good for the brain. So then on to number three, one common type of dementia is Alzheimer's disease. That's right. And number four, dementia is progressive, which means the symptoms will gradually get worse. It's helpful to know the sort of dementia because for Alzheimer's disease, it's usually a steadier progression. For vascular dementia, you may go along on a level and then have quite a step change and stay on that plateau for a while before the next step change. So dementia is progressive. Number five, Alzheimer's disease usually starts near the bottom by affecting people's short-term memory. That's what may prompt a conversation with your GP. Number six, dementia is not just about losing your memory. That's right, the other symptoms, the language, the planning and organising that we touched on. And number seven, dementia can also affect people's perception. That's right, the example of the rug. And then number eight, people with dementia, near the top of the second column, can still communicate effectively. So important that. There are so many ways we communicate, aren't there? Both verbal and nonverbal. If we listen to somebody, we encourage them, we maintain eye contact, we will go on helping them to communicate as effectively as possible. So people with dementia can still communicate effectively. Number nine, one in 14 people over 65 has dementia at any one time. Maybe it's more prevalent than you'd guess. That's um, the numbers with dementia. It's about um, it's, uh, 850,000 in the country at the moment, about the same as the number of the poppies by the Tower of London. Do you remember that First World War installation? very powerfully giving us an idea of number. And of course, for each of those individuals, there are family, friends, neighbours who are affected. And then number 10, it is possible to live well with dementia. That's resounding and that's really encouraging to hear because that's so important for us all as patterns of life change to hold on to what for us is our Christian hope of life where we are, even if it's a different pattern to the one 10 years ago. 
It needs the right support and understanding, but let's hold on to that affirmation that it's possible to live well with dementia. And then number 11, there is more to the person than the dementia. Somebody with cancer or diabetes, I hope you would see the individual first with the disease as something they're living with. Please stick with that approach to somebody who's living with dementia. See the person first. And then number 12, Dementia Friends is about turning our understanding into action. So thank you for working together to understand more about dementia already. And we'll take this further as our service continues. Yeah. Okay, I'll read it. Here he is. Thank you, Ivan. Luke 24, 13 to 35. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. 
they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. A verse from our gospel reading, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road? So let's pray. God of all, as we focus on your word and your world, set our hearts on fire with the flame of your love, energising us to go out and connect with others in compassion and love. Amen. I love the direct simplicity of the encounter we've just heard. Three people falling into conversation as they walked together, starting with honest talking and deep listening, and then breaking through into a moment of recognition. And that encounter generates such energy that the two friends rush back to Jerusalem at night, walking seven miles after nightfall. And I think it energises us 20 centuries later with its message of release and connection. And we're going to come back to this encounter in a moment. But first of all, let's increase our understanding of dementia by using a bookcase image which is part of the Dementia Friends information we're sharing this morning. So imagine the picture of a bookcase as the storing of memories. So this is a bookcase for an older person. On the bottom shelf is the childhood memories. And if you come up to the next shelf, it's the memories from teenage years and then young adult life, middle age, perhaps retirement, and recent memories right on the top shelf of the bookcase. Dementia has the effect of wobbling the bookcase. And as the bookcase wobbles, it's the books on the top shelf that start to fall off first. As dementia progresses, it's as though perhaps those top shelves just start to disintegrate so that it's no longer possible to store memories on them. And when that happens, somebody might be relying on a lower shelf where the memories, the books, are still in the expected place. Taking that picture a stage further... Our memories have two separate components. A facts component, so the names, the dates, the, the faces, and those are stored in one part of the brain, the hippocampus. For each book in that bookcase, there's a corresponding book in a feelings bookcase, which is a different part of the brain, the amygdala, and that will remind you of the feelings. It was a wonderful day, it was a painful day, it was a tough day. 
Now, it's as though the facts bookcase is a flimsy, poorly constructed bookcase. So when the wobbles of dementia come along, it's the facts bookcase which gets particularly impacted. By contrast, the feelings bookcase is like a solid oak bookcase. So the feelings stay steadily on their shelf and can be returned to. So let's look at a couple of examples just to understand that a little bit further. First of all, I've been to visit an elderly man from church, but he doesn't remember who I am. Don't know if it's worth me going anymore. If we unpack that, he may not be able to store in the facts bookcase the facts of your name and your connection with him. But if you meet with him in the present moment and find a way of connecting, enjoying something there and then, you will still leave him with those feelings of love, of happiness, of comfort that all of us know when we've had time with somebody we trust. So the book would be firmly there in the feelings bookcase, even if he couldn't say later who had been to visit or what the historical connection with that person was. Let's look at another example. I've been to visit my mum and we had a blazing row. I shouted at her, but it's okay. She won't remember. I think if you hear that, you do need to challenge it. She may not remember the facts of the row or who she had it with. She may not be able to store that in the facts bookcase. But what she will be left with is the book in the feelings bookcase, those feelings of sadness, upset, anger, that any of us know when we're out of sorts, when we've had a, a flaming row. So I hope if you remember nothing else from this morning's service that those pictures of the bookcases are something that you can take away with you to help you keeping the connection with people as dementia progresses. Moving on from the dementia friends information, where are we and where's God in all of this? And I think our encounter on the road to Emmaus gives us three really important pointers. First of all, sharing. Secondly, letting go. And thirdly, recognising. So let's just have a look at those three strands together. The two friends were walking and talking about what had happened, not shying away from that conversation, although it was so deeply painful. And I'm interested in the very simple question that opens up conversations and connections with the stranger they start to walk with. And I'm interested in the feelings too. So it starts with Jesus's very simple question, what are you talking about together? What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? That simple question is so powerful that the next verse tells us that it stopped Cleopas and his friend in their tracks. They stood still, looking sad. So the feelings went so deep. 
because of the overwhelming sadness. So Cleopas comes back with another question. And again, listen to the feelings under this question underlying it. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have taken place here in these days? Do you know, at that moment, I think Cleopas feels a million miles from Jesus. Are you totally oblivious to the things that have devastated our lives, turned our world upside down? And Jesus doesn't shy away from the pain. He doesn't reply defensively. He simply opens things up by asking, what things? Somehow, those, that simple, direct question is enough. We can so easily miss the way patterns are changing, even for friends we know well, even for our own family, perhaps with things becoming increasingly stretched over time. I wonder if we've got the courage to ask the simple, direct question and to give time to hear the honest answer. And also, when we're asked that simple question, do we have the courage to share the reality, even the unresolved stuff of life, in a trusted conversation? So, sharing, first of all. And secondly, letting go. There are four simple words in verse 21 of today's gospel that I think are so easily glossed over. But we had hoped. But we had hoped. Those words speak so deeply of letting go of unfulfilled expectations, of all that challenges us, of all that's costly. These words challenge us to name the truth of disappointment, of heartbreak, of failure, of loss. It's so easy to move on from the pain too quickly, skating over the tough stuff in our hurry to name and claim the comfort of the resurrection. When the books in the facts bookcase get jumbled, when dementia is diagnosed or when it progresses, there can be such a jumbled mix of feelings, of vulnerability, of letting go. And of course, letting go comes in so many shapes and sizes, and it can be costly like a bereavement. We may be letting go of energy or of health. We may be letting go of power or of independence. And any of these types of letting go can leave us feeling vulnerable, exposed, insecure. Can we dare to name this before God, being open to this unchosen, unsettling place as a point of encounter with the living God? a point of change that can open us up in new ways. I wonder if you know the lines of the Iona hymn, come leave what you cling to, lay down what you clutch, there's the letting go, 
and find with hands empty that hearts can hold much. Find with hands empty that hearts can hold much. At this moment, can we open our hearts, expand our horizons of trust, trusting God to meet us where we are, and trusting those who love us to help us navigate a path forwards. So sharing and letting go, and then finally recognising. To begin with, the two friends don't recognise Jesus, and there are such strong resonances with dementia here. The costly landmark moment when somebody with dementia perhaps no longer recognises a husband or wife, a son or daughter, a dear friend or neighbour. The two friends don't recognise Jesus. They talk in depth, but recognition doesn't come through the words. The words go deep, but they don't lead to recognition. So we're led deeper, deeper than words, deeper than physical seeing and recognising, to the action of taking bread and sharing a meal that triggers a deeper emotional memory not just talking about things, but holding bread, breaking bread, sharing bread together. What an amazing journey from the head to the heart. Sometimes there are still flashes of deep heart-level closeness, even when head-level recognition is fraying at the edges with dementia. And in those moments, we can return to those words, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road? And of course, all loving and recognizing are God's gift anyway. So whether or not we recognize one another, whether or not we recognize God, God will continue to recognize us. As my father's dementia progressed, he lost the brain connections that allowed him to recognize family. And people would ask us, does he still recognize you? As time passed, somehow for us, that question wasn't the most important one. To us, it was more important to affirm that we still recognized him. That's true at a human level, how much more so in God's recognition of us. Because everything we are in sickness and in health, in life and in death, comes from God and is known by him, is held by him, is recognized by him and is loved by him. And he is faithful. So, we're carried by the light of this encounter on the road to Emmaus to a transformation which changes our lives and changes our world. We are recognized and held and loved. And when we know that in our bones, there is nothing to fear. Living well with dementia, living well with any unchosen challenges of life is all about living into the love that endures.
in all the sharing we connect with the deepest levels of the heart, in all the letting go, we can find that with hands empty, hearts can hold much as we move to new levels of trust. And as for recognition, we can rely on God recognising us, come what may, and being present in any moment of heart-level recognition when our hearts burn within us, whether or not we can articulate the names and the facts that surround that connection. In that, we can find the spark of transformation even when we travel to unchosen, uncharted territory. So when we are open to encounter with one another and with the living God, here and now, we are open to a transformation that can change not only us, but also our complex, topsy-turvy world. So we're just finally going to focus on Dementia Friends, the social action movement launched in 2013 to increase understanding about dementia and turn our understanding into action. The aim initially was to reach to create one million dementia friends across the country. And I'm delighted that we reached that target in 2015 and towards the end of last year, we got to three million dementia friends nationally. So now we're aiming for four million. <laughs> and we are part of that movement today. So for example, lots of retailers have recognized it's really important that their customer facing staff are dementia friendly. It's your choice today, whether or not you become a dementia friend We've covered the understanding and we're not claiming to be experts or replacements for skilled professionals, but we are saying we will listen to one another, we'll connect, we'll accept one another and we'll support one another. So if you'd like to become a dementia friend, the only other thing to do is to decide on your action. And there are various possible actions. While I just say a few words about those, I'm going to invite the children to bring round some baskets with a postcard and a badge, because if you'd like to become a dementia friend, you're welcome to take both of these, and we'd love you to wear your badge. It's a really good, visible sign of caring about dementia and being open to connections. So just talking about the different sorts of actions you might commit to. One may simply be to wear your badge and to be open to the conversations it prompts. Another may be to use the words living with dementia rather than suffering from dementia. Can you hear that subtle difference? 
So people with dementia say they're less keen about the word suffering from dementia because it sort of emphasises the disease and the cost of it. So you might just change your language or you might want to be involved in the next steps we take in this church family in becoming a more dementia-friendly church and just keeping on with the conversations that we've been sharing today. And Eleanor, I know, has got um, some information, a box of information. Just tell us about your box, Eleanor. Well, over the years, we seem to have accumulated information, resources and stuff. So Carolyn and I have sort of sorted it out. And basically, it's in three boxes like this. And one box actually says is, it's all about dementia. The other two are mixed boxes, and they're going to be kept in the prayer room. The mixed boxes, you'll, you'll see, you can look through them. But um, it's got, this is all about dementia. There's stuff you can take, and there's stuff you can borrow. I've put a big sticker on there saying on loan. That, that's a particularly good resource. That's very good. If you want to hear more about it, I'll be sitting with it somewhere, and you can come and look through it. But as I say, they're in the prayer room, uh, our resources are now in the prayer room. But I'll, I'll, be, I'll talk to you afterwards if you want. Thank you. And there are lots of other ways we can keep sharing information and conversations, maybe as simple as asking a carer, how are you? So, if you, and, and if you just weren't sure if you'd like to become a dementia friend, those badges will be around at the back of church with resources as well. But I'm going to invite you now to join in a prayer for us all to say, if you are going to become a dementia friend, I'd encourage you to hold your badge and to treat this as a commissioning prayer. But it's a prayer that I think we can all say as we move forwards from this place. So let's join together in these words. God of all, bless all our churches as places of welcome and hospitality, places of compassion and safety, places of connection and love for all. Bless us to share small acts of love freely given to others so that Christ may be made known in our community. Bless us to walk together as friends turning our understanding into action and living with hope in our hearts. Amen. Sounded a bit like sweet rappers to me where I was. And people opening their...